With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Greetings, true believers. Welcome to the Islanders Anxiety Podcast, podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini, channeling the late, great Stan Lee. Uh, joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, uh, we have a couple of games to talk about and then a really weird schedule to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, of course, the Stan Lee thing, I, I, as I'm not huge into comic books or superheroes, but... I am huge into Mike Francesa, so I, I really got a kick out of Mike, out of Mike's, yeah. not not his disrespect and then not apologizing, but doing <laughs> he, he did he, and he in in only a way Mike Francesa can he apologize. That that's as close to a Mike Francesa apology as we'd get. Yeah, so. uh, Mike. Uh, there's definitely a lot of people out there, and Mike is one of them that that don't have the I'm sorry gene. And uh, yeah, I guess that's as best you're going to get. But uh, if, if everybody doesn't know, we talk about uh, Stan Lee, the great Stan Lee, uh, passed away this week. And um, uh, somebody called into Mike Francesa's show and was like, hey, Mike, what do you think? And Mike was like, uh, who's that? Oh, I don't, who cares? And and then claimed that he didn't he had never bought a comic book before. And then later on, when people are like, what do you mean, who cares? He was like, I never said who cares. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, <laughs> Mike did apologize on, on Twitter, basically, saying, you know, he didn't disrespect the guy. You got to read the replies on the tweet because they are 
hilarious. And I, one guy, I wish I, I don't know who he is, but he was like, Mike, if the Yankees had Spider-Man on their roster, would he have won Rookie of the Year over Otani? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. It's too funny. But uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't expect Mike Francesa to know anything about comic books or Stan Lee for that matter. But uh, yeah, don't say who cares when somebody asks, when somebody tells you who they died. That's probably the bad idea, no matter who that person was, you know? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll get into to some Stanley stuff a little bit later, but uh, let's talk about the Islanders real quick. So we're in a pretty good mood. They won last night. Uh, I should say we're recording this on Wednesday. You'll probably listen to this on Thursday. They beat the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday, uh, a game they really needed to win. Um, but uh, let's start back a week ago um, when you and I last spoke. Uh, they had just come off a, a game against the Montreal Canadiens that uh, Barry Trotz said was their worst game of the season. Uh, and it was hard to argue with the man. And the worst part was that they were then going into uh, Tampa. Uh, they were going on the road to play Tampa and then the Panthers the next night uh, or a couple of nights later. And, uh, you know, those pretty tough places to play, at least one of them is. And, uh, you know, if Monday night was one of their worst games of the season, I would say that, you know, Thursday night in Tampa was might have been one of their best games of the season. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they lost 4-2. to two. Uh, They played totally fine. And we're heading towards at least getting one point. And then we all got a very unwanted flashback to Doug Waite hockey uh, when uh, three forwards decided to blow the zone a little bit early. Ryan Pollock turned the puck over to two completely uncovered lightning players. And I don't know who scored. It didn't really matter. And they ended an empty netter later. And, uh, yeah, that was a real gut punch. That really sucked. Uh, that was, They played a good game there and then just came away empty. And it was just like, man, seriously? I thought that was so funny that – for the for the first couple of weeks of the season, everyone was like, "The Islanders are overperforming their their metrics. They're they're not generating enough shots and goal or whatever." And then the day, the game that they actually do, and they do it against one of the, the best teams in the league. Obviously, they lose in regulation. So it was just it was like a, yeah. a it was karmic payback for the Islanders, I guess. But uh, I was yeah, I was kind of thrilled with the way they played that game because uh, I I had a suspicion that you know they they kind of hang with these better teams under trots and and they've they've shown that kind of uh panache against better teams so far so i was i was you know we always say on here like the islanders have had enough moral victories to kind of last you a lifetime but that was a moral victory yeah no for sure uh because of my commute i end up missing a lot of first periods and that seems to be where a lot of stuff happens either one way or the other uh, I missed the first period of the game in Pittsburgh, which they got pretty much shelled, and then they came back and won the game. I missed the first period of that game against the Lightning, and apparently they just came out and just completely blitzed light, the Lightning from top to bottom. And like you said, I mean, a lot of people at this point, you know, the kind of writing the book is like, oh, well, the Islanders, they're, they're kind of getting lucky. Their their underlying numbers are, are pretty awful. And yet here they do. They come out, and all of a sudden it's like, uh, what is happening right now? And... um you know, the Lightning took a 2-1 lead in the second period. Uh, but then the Islanders, again, I thought they played great uh, in the third period. They they tied the game and it was you know, not an easy thing to do. The Lightning are one of those teams that are, yeah, they're definitely one of the better teams in the league. And what makes them so good is that if you manage to get, like, pressure in their zone, oh, by the way, their goalie is super good. So it's not like it's just a matter of, oh, well, we need a couple of shots. It won't be okay. Like, Vasilevsky is really good, and he's going to stop it. But they managed to break through. I think it was, it was Josh Bailey, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, of course. Superstar of course Josh was, Bailey. Of course it was Josh Bailey. <laughs> the man who uh, we uh, we anointed last week as a superstar coming through again. And he had another one, too, the other night. Um, and so, um, 
they tied the game, and and again they were they were cruising towards this a uh, uh, point at least, and then Jordan Eberle and Brock Nelson and whoever else was on the other line all decided to kind of leave the zone too early, and people were getting on Ryan Pulick for turning the puck over, and I get that, but man, you can't have three dudes leaving the zone like that. We saw that all last year, and I just had the worst kind of flashback. To, oh my god, this is ex- and it's funny because you know here we are, we've been talking now for two months about the difference between last year and this year. And you saw it literally in one play. Like you saw, you know, 55, whatever minutes of the way they're kind of supposed to play now. And then one minute of the way they played all of last year. And it's kind of a big difference. And this is why Barry Trot said, that's why the details matter. Uh, and so he's right. That's why the details matter. And Jordan Eberle apparently got a bit of a chewing out and maybe Nelson did too. And, uh, yeah, it was a moral victory, and, you know, it's still early, so I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. But, yeah, you don't want to get too many, too many of those because at some point you're going to have to learn those things. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was not thrilled that – the thing that sucked about it was the, the mistake was made by Pollock in, like, ta- in a tangible sense. But, like you said, it was not his fault, and I was just worried that – obviously trots and them know that's not his fault so i was just worried that all this like you know trust that was put in him would kind of be yanked away and then i re- had to remember like this is barry trots that we're talking about so just just because he made a mistake he's not going to be put in chateau de bow wow for like six <laughs> seven, seven games and be a healthy scratch so i was happy to see how they reacted to it too um in like the post game as well so yeah like 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 you know moral victory sucks that it's a more only a moral victory and they didn't get a point out of that game because they deserved one but uh onwards and upwards from there too like i was i was totally okay with 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 everything that happened on that in that game and i yeah. thought you know the panthers game was was like i guess I, I that was a weirder one like they played yeah. all right i thought but it was more they were they've made they had more lapses in that game than they did against uh tampa and maybe it was, it was just you know they they knew they didn't have to be as sharp or whatever, but um, still like wasn't terribly d- disappointed with the way they played in that one either. Yeah, they they played okay in that one. Um, uh, I believe they the same thing. Like they came out and and really played well in the first period, right? And then kind of slowly the Panthers sort of took over. Uh, they scored early in the third period, and um, I, you know I I think the Islanders did their best to try and come back a little bit, but it was a little bit too late. Uh, at that point and yeah i you know for all the things the islanders have done this year that the, the troubles they've had with the florida panthers are really inexplicable i don't i really wish it wasn't that way i, I don't know why it happens that way uh every once in a while a team has your number again the carolina hurricanes nobody else seems to have any problems with the hurricanes except for the islanders uh but this year they've beaten them twice and are playing them again next week so uh it's you know it's kind of weird the way things happen that way but um uh, yeah, I thought their response was was pretty good. Like they came out and and, and played a, a pretty good game, but um, you know to go on a two game road trip and come out with zero points is is really a tough a tough you know road. Like you can't really do that, and I don't think any of them expected that. If they were lucky to get a point out of the the game against the Habs, they were arguably lucky to bad luck to not get a point out of at least one of those two games. If not, you know, get two points out of them, which or four points out of them, right? Would be great. So that brings us to Tuesday night in which, they, like I said, they really needed a win, and they got one. And you know what? They played a heck of a game against the Canucks. I know they were playing. the Canucks were playing on a back-to-back. They had lost the Rangers the night before. They're another team that, you know, 
surprised everybody. They're leading their division, and yet they're you know, basically, thanks to one rookie and maybe a couple of other guys, um, who was some, uh, Brock Besser is hurt. So they were playing Jacob Markstrom back-to-back nights, which is, uh, okay, Travis Green, you do you. I don't know. He did, <laughs> Whenever he does that, that's, <laughs> that's the kiss of death from the uh, analytics community is playing the, the same goalie back-to-back nights. But but still, like they came out and they played it, and Dom kind of hit the nail right in the head in his recap. Like their, their third period – yeah, they were only up by a goal in that third period, but that was the kind of third period a good team plays. They just they gave them they, they had about five minutes to go before I'm like, man, Vancouver has had nothing this entire period. They didn't do anything, and then you know they kind of got some desperation shots on there in the last minute or two, but they were swept away, and that was it, and it was over. And I was like, boy, they they really needed that. That was a that was a good kind of win and the kind of sort of taking care of business game that again you, you want to see from from a team you know, under a new coach that's kind of learning the system. Yeah, I think, and I think one thing that this kind of, uh, trip and the Vancouver game showed is that the Islanders uh, are not going to be a team that comes back. Like, they're not built for that. They're not built to, <laughs> to come back from a 3-1 deficit or even as against the Panthers, a 3-2 deficit because they're just not going to, on a consistent basis, generate a ton of chances. Like, last year, last year the Islanders were a mess, but they were a team that could come back just because of the way they played was very much like high risk, throw everything they could at the net and, and nobody played defense because they were all concerned about flying the zone. <laughs> right. Um, they could, they could come back and score two goals or they can give up two more goals. Like that yes, was basically yes, the way it works. Exactly. They were, they were, they were a team that could come back, but they were also a team that you were going to come back against. <laughs> now the opposite yeah, is go. true. The opposite yeah. is true now where the Islanders probably aren't going to come back from a, you know, two goal deficit in the third period, but they also, you know, knock on wood are going to be tough to break down. And I actually, I was walking Jimmy during the intermission between the second and third period against the Canucks and Chris King had a interview with Thomas Hickey and Thomas Hickey kept saying, we want to be under the puck. Basically the question that was asked to, to Hickey was why aren't Islanders defensemen really joining the rush as much anymore? And he said that, you know, our system right now, until we get used to it, defensemen are going to be under the puck, which basically is saying we're going to play a pretty low-risk, low-reward offensive style and hope one of our guys ends up doing what Thomas Kunakel did where he was on his back, somehow <laughs> scored against the goalie that was playing a second night of a back-to-back who isn't good to begin with. So, like, the Islanders are just kind of, that's just going to be who they are, especially in early going, and it's going to at least for now, pay off more than it's going to hurt us. And I don't think that, you know, people who aren't watching them every day, and I fall victim to this with other teams like the Ducks and stuff, when you look at their numbers, you're like, how is this team, you know, punching above its weight so well? Like, and I, I'm, I'm seeing it with the Islanders. I'm like, the, I can tell you how. Like, if it, it's, it sounds very eye test kind of stuff, but they're taking their chances when they get them, and they're playing structured defense, and they're hard to, to beat. Like, they're making life pretty easy on their goaltenders and basically daring you to score four goals against a defensive, you know, a defensive minded team, which is not easy. Right. Uh, yeah. That, no, that, that makes me think of a couple of things. One, somebody, some defenseman had a really good rush at some point in that third period. I want to say it was Ryan Pollock where he was like down almost near the faceoff circles. And yeah. No, it was like nobody touched him. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. And he, and he shot it wide. He was trying to hit the corner and he shot it wide. But I was like, wow, that that was a pretty cool little chance right there. Uh, and again, he, he was completely unmolested the entire time. So, you know, that's the kind of opportunity you're talking about, like where the guy has has space to go get it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, that's interesting that Hickey would say that. I'm assuming he said that before he took that uh, high stick in the face. Uh, his yeah. customary, his uh, uh, nightly high stick in the face. I don't know what it is about Thomas Hickey's face that sort of draws, you know, high sticks to it. But uh, yeah, he got hit in the mouth with one of the most careless plays I've seen in a long time. Uh, Jake Vertanen was just sort of turning around and was like, oops, I sorry I hit you in the stick, in the face with the blade of my stick. And just as I said that, Butch Goring was like, you know, that reminds me of something like Gordy Howe used to do back in the in the '60s, and I'm like, yeah, I could see that. It was kind of a kind of half half careless, half dirty. Oh man, seriously, you're gonna do this? You know, probably would have started a line brawl 20 years ago. Kind yeah, of play, but. it was it was kind of the type of thing where he probably didn't mean to start to do it, but then when he was halfway through, he's like, you know what? If I'm already at this point, I better make sure yeah. it leaves a mark on you. <laughs> and uh, the Islanders got a four-minute power play out of it that essentially killed the game for the most part. Uh, that was not a very well-refereed uh, game, and you bring up <laughs> Tom Kuhnhackel's two goals, one of which, I'm sorry, he kicked that in. I'm sorry. I don't know if I yeah, got any I Canucks fans are listening to this. I but... believe they let that in. <laughs> no way. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I really, I was hoping that Kudako would get the empty netter, so he had the hat trick where he scored from his butt. He should have had a goal disallowed, and then he got the empty netter. So that would have been amazing. That would have been totally like the, the totally undeserved. Or you know what would have been would have been better the empty netter. Like if if the Islanders were sort of, you know, the Canucks had the pressure on, and he went to go block a shot, and it bounced off of his yes. leg and into the, an empty net. That the would Randy have been Jones, yeah, yeah, or um, Steve Bernier did that, I think too. Yes, Maybe yeah, the block shot, yeah, so. Uh, that would have been perfect, and he would have like scored basically three goals without ever actually taking a shot on it. And speaking of hat tricks, uh, Nikolai Kuleman scored a hat trick in like four minutes for his Russian team. I saw yeah. it the other day. Was so, that his first career hat trick ever? Did I read that correctly? It was definitely. They said it was his first KHL one, but I mean, I I don't know if I've <laughs> ever. I can't yeah. remember him scoring one for for the Islanders, but I'm I'm yeah. I'm happy I'm happy for him. Yeah, I saw that on your on your Twitter feed. Uh, I. I like that he he scored a hat trick and his reaction after scoring that third goal was almost like he didn't it didn't even happen like he was just like oh, all right like it, I've never seen a person that unenthusiastic for a hat trick ever in my life you know usually especially if you're like a 32 year old player and you've never really had that many or maybe any hat tricks at all you think he'd be like jumping off the walls but he was just like yeah whatever yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought it was pretty funny. It was very. It was almost like he went when he got back to the bench after the second one. It looked like he was like giving a teaching moment to a younger yeah. player. I was like, this is what a guy. That's pretty funny. Makes me wonder what Grabowski's up to these days. Find out. Yeah. Well, he made it to the Stanley Cup final with the uh, with, with the, the Golden Knights. The, That's yeah. right. Golden Knights legend. Grabowski. <laughs> uh, ah, the old days. The Russians. The two Russians. What a great time that was. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. And the other, the Tom Kuhnackle goal, the first goal, the one where he was spinning around that one. I mean, I kind of feel bad for Jacob Markstrom that he's going to be on highlight reels for the rest of his life. It was on, I looked up from my desk today Hmm. and, uh, someone had ESPN on and it was (laughs) uh, part of the interruption. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the Kuhnackle goal. And they were like, they I don't know the volume wasn't on. I was far away from the TV. I couldn't get there in time to press DVR to record the Islanders being on ESPN. But it was uh, they were like comparing it to the Ovechkin goal that he scored when he was a rookie against uh, oh, right, yeah. I think it's Brian Boucher or Robert Esch or something. That's pretty funny. I like that Brendan Burke was like, and he, he's hauled he's hauled down. It's a penalty, and he scores. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was really funny. I, I got that's another one I got to go back and listen to from the, the Vancouver side of things. But uh, but yeah, definitely a game that the Islanders needed to win, and it was great to see that they won it. 
Uh, they, you know, again, it wasn't, yeah, okay, and those those two goals were pretty lucky. Again, one should have definitely been called back. One should have never happened at all. But that being said, they played a good game, and they, they played the kind of game you're supposed to play against a team at home. <laughs> it's on the second night of a back-to-back, all the way coming from Western Canada. They did it, and now they turn their attention to another home game uh, on Thursday night against the New York Rangers. And right now, these two teams are tied for second in the Metro, and uh, they probably shouldn't be, by all rights. They, I mean, the Rangers signaled a, a rebuild before last season was already over, and people are like, well, I guess they're not going to win any games. And here they are, having won a whole bunch in a row, and the Islanders were written off basically on July 1st from ever having to win another game, and here they are too. So... Um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's. What was the last time an Islanders Rangers game featured two coaches in their first years? Mm. That's got to be really. I mean, I don't. It's probably happened. Yeah. It's been like forty five years, but still, like that's pretty rare. Yeah, this know. whole the, the, this whole like Islander Ranger game is is very strange because like just the the where both teams are like when's the last time the Rangers never rebuilt the way the Rangers rebuilt was they like signed Eric Lindros or Mark <laughs> brought back Mark Messier or something, you know, like they were supposed to quote be like rebuilding after the first lockout and then yeah. Henry and then Henrik Lundqvist happened. So pretty much. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they, and they had a bunch of guys all come up and like be good, like Girardi and Callahan. And yeah. Peter Prukas scored like 47 <laughs> goals one year. Like, right. Like, but, uh, but I don't think it was a rebuild. They just happened to have a lot of, a lot of draft picks all sort of pan out at the same time, and that was sort of their core players. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's. I mean, I'll be. I haven't watched them. I don't watch the Rangers. I don't feel like watching the Rangers, um, and I don't know what to think about this. Yeah, the Islanders have pretty much owned them at Barclays Center, but that doesn't mean a whole lot with a new coach, and and you never know what's going to happen. Yaro Halak's not here. Who? That's that's the big problem. <laughs> I know. So we'll see. And I guess Thomas Rice is probably going to get the start. We'll have to see. Um, but Robin Leonard played, you know, uh, against the Lightning, and he played fine. So we'll see how, how that works out. I, I would like to see Leonard in there, but uh, you know, we'll have to figure it out. And but yeah, that's it's just a weird, a weird team, and and the whole division is kind of funny. I, we haven't really talked about it much because it's been super early, and it's still pretty early. I mean, they've only played like seventeen games, right? I think it's. It feels like the season's been going on for three months, but it's actually yeah. only been a month, <laughs> a right. month and a half, and. Uh, Basically, the entire division is still totally up for grabs. I mean, the the Penguins and Devils are in the back, um, and the Devils have had a real problem. I mean, apparently, the Devils have like the second worst record in the league, or the second least amount of points, which is really shocking to me. What? But yeah, they only have like they only have thirteen points. I thought, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Kings have are the worst right now, but right. the uh, the Kings and Penguins made a really creepy trade today. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, but yeah. Right now, yeah. The the Devils have are have the least amount of points in the conference. They're two behind Ottawa. So there you go. Oh, sorry. They're tied with the the Knights and um, Blues for the second least amount of points in the league. So that's so still, weird because I feel like every time I see or hear Steve Cangelosi's voice, he's talking about a Devils win. Right. I feel yeah. I, and Taylor Hall is out there just like bombing guys. You know, like it's crazy. So, uh, but you know, and so yeah, okay, they're they're in last place, but I mean, they're only like four points out of the, the division lead. <laughs> so, uh, and the Islanders again are in second place, but they're also you know three points or whatever it is out of last place. So, 
it's great to be in the mix and and it's great to not you know have had the whole season fall apart in the first month and a half or so but at the same time i don't know if anybody feels that they're safe and you know it's it the whole division is really kind of a huge mess and i like how people are like well that division kind of sucks but meanwhile the last three stanley cup champions have all come from this division so yeah it's just it's just the division with uh city crosby and alex ovechkin in it (laughs) i know right uh and so uh and uh the uh upcoming uh, juggernauts that are the Carolina Hurricanes and Columbus Blue Jackets and oh and the MVP too and and Taylor Hall also so it's um you know it's it's t- and the rookie of the year <laughs> now that I think about it I almost forgot about our own guy um but yeah. uh it's so it's tough and you know it reminds me of not last year but the year before um when the Islanders were were doing pretty well at the start of the season but the problem was wait I think it was. It definitely wasn't last year. I thought it was the year before, but I might be wrong. There was one season <laughs> where the Islanders were were playing really well at the beginning of the year, and unfortunately, so was everybody else, and they really couldn't gain any traction. Yeah, it was. I think that year, and then they ended up missing the playoffs. Am I, am I misremembering? Am I going crazy? Might be too late. I don't it know. might. Yeah, it might be last. It might have <laughs> been last year because they had a decent start last year. God, yeah. I'm, now I'm. I'm a little tangled yeah. up in my, in my head it didn't feel like last year but maybe it was but anyway like this is kind of an ongoing thing and again because it's the division like because this division is so so packed with <laughs> hard to play teams and that are always cannibalizing each other i mean again we talked about in the flyers won like five games in a row uh after you know being almost ready to fire their coach so you never know what's going to happen and if you lose i mean the islanders had dropped three games in a row or got one point out of three games. And that, that could have been a death knell right there had they lost to Vancouver the other night. So you can't let these losing streaks linger because you can go from first place to last place in a hurry or from last place to first place as the, the Blue Jackets basically did over the course of about two weeks. So um, it's good to still be in the mix and it's good that we're here talking about it and, you know, season's still going on and there's a lot to learn. But uh, it is also very tense and it, and it makes games like Thursday night's game and the upcoming games against the Devils and Hurricanes again and again against the Rangers. Uh, super, super tense. Like, I mean, it's almost like playoff atmosphere already because these games are so, so enormous already. I mean, it's only November, but still, like, they mean a lot. Yeah, that's that's what I, I like. It's just so funny with the uh, with this Rangers game. Like, it's this game means a lot. Like, it like you said, it means a lot, but it's it, a weird. It's like got this weird like aura to it where it's not. It was these two teams aren't supposed to contend, so it's like. Does this game really have like that Islander Ranger feel, even though like it says it should in the standings and like why why am I not that nervous for it? Like why am I not why am I not dreading this game tomorrow? It's really really weird. I'm in a weird place with it, and uh, I I don't I don't want to say I'm confident that they'll they'll win, but it's it it also the two styles are very different. Like the Rangers, if you look at their numbers, are generating like a ton of high danger scoring chances, but they're also giving up a ton. The Islanders are like the opposite. Like they, pl- their games feature very little like golden scoring chances. So, it, like the clash of styles will be very interesting. Like this is not going to be the the Rangers and Islanders we've seen for the past decade. Basically, you know the Rangers right. aren't playing the like, you know, Lundqvist thirty six saves a goal off a shin pad in the final two minutes style that we like you know always say they do. So I, it's 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 going to be a very you know weird kind of they're two different styles and it's not going to look right. like a normal Islander Ranger game. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be two different styles. And and the weird thing to me, too, is like, when was the last time, you know, the Rangers have the 
uh, college coach guy, and the Islanders have the established Stanley Cup winning coach. Right. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it is kind of weird that you know they would be flipped like that too. Um, yeah. No, I'm in the same exact place you were. I was thinking about this day. Like, I don't want to say like. Oh, that game, they got it in the bag. I'm, I'm confident about that, too, because I would never say that I was confident in the game. But, um, you know, they got a lot of things kind of working in their favor, um, and they, they need it. Like, they need those wins, and if they're going to do it. I mean, for the Rangers, again, the funny thing is, <laughs> Brett Sergalis had an article, I think, last week. It was like, what are the Rangers doing? Why, do they, why are they winning games? I don't understand. <laughs> Larry Brooks was like, they should start trading guys immediately. Like, get rid of these guys if they're not going to win games. And all of a sudden, they reeled off, like, five games in a row, five wins in a row. So, you know, it's it is it has been a weird season, and I mean anything could happen. I, I expect some kind of weirdness to happen in that game too, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think the points mean more to the Islanders than they do to the Rangers. But uh, we'll ha- we'll have to see how that works out. And then they get yeah, two nights off. That's a good way to put it. It's it's like a little bit of a house money thing. Yeah. So sure. like, I, and, I, and and I think maybe that you know that could be part of what it is is like for the past since basically two thousand six, the Rangers have been except for last year, been in contention for Stanley Cup. So, like, there's there's so much more riding on these games. Like, I don't want to lose to them. I hate them so much more than I actually do now. Like, I would be terrified seeing freaking, like, Jason Ward and Ryan Hawking celebrate goals on the Islanders. I said, that would ruin my week. Yeah. Now it's like, it's a little bit less. It's a little bit less, but, like, I mean, I still hate them, but it's just like, <laughs> it hasn't gotten yeah. to that point yet. I'm still going to continue my policy of not watching games against the Rangers, so... I won't be watching tomorrow. I was going to ask you that. Friday. I was, was going to ask. <laughs> nope, nope. Still sticking with it. So I, uh, you know, nothing, nothing has changed on that front. Status quo, as Lou Amarillo would say. So I'll have to see how that goes. Then they get another interesting one uh, on Sunday at one o'clock against the Dallas Stars, and it's the same exact feeling I have for the Rangers game. Like I'm, I, I, I don't want to say I'm too confident about it, but I do feel like that's the kind of game the Islanders can win. It's a, it's a home matinee. Against a Western Conference team, the Stars just got Alex Radulov back, but they lost uh, John Klingberg, who's their basically their number one defenseman. That's such an odd team, and they they win the they win the offseason every year. Jim Neal wins the offseason every year. He gets some kind of <laughs> reels in some big fish. Oh my God, the Stars are going to be great this year, and then they end up missing the playoffs by ten points, and you're like, wait, what? How? Yeah, they're um, like they're like the, the Hurricanes West. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they they've got everything going for them except like actually making the playoffs and doing stuff. And I, I remember one of the, our stars bloggers, you know, from defending big D, which is great, by the way, it's a great blog. And they are like, I, the stars could win their division or they can miss the playoffs by 10 points. Like it could be any, anything in, in between there is possible. And so uh, that's also the, the, uh, the day that uh, Anders Lee is running his uh, can jam cancer in the can uh, tournament. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so immediately and you can play uh, a can jam with the Islanders after that game. But, uh, you know, that that's a, those are two games. And then they follow that up, actually, um, next Wednesday. So you and I will have to find out a new time <laughs> find a new time to record next week. I will probably try and do it Tuesday or Monday, um, where they play the Rangers at the Garden again. And, again, it's the same exact thing. Like, if I could see them splitting both these games, I could see one team winning both of them, one team losing both. Like, it doesn't really – you know, it could kind of go either way. But I, I think, you know, these are three games right here that – if you're the Islanders, you you really want and you really need, and you can't allow them to sort of slip away, kind of like you did those games in the game in Tampa, and definitely not the way you played in Florida, where you lost that too, you know, without really mounting much of a comeback. Yeah, now and, and now that we're talking about it, where I just really want to beat, I really want to beat the Rangers tomorrow, obviously, um, <laughs> and 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 it just 
you know, the, the Dallas game too is like if the Islanders win, like I fully expect they'll they'll you know have a letdown performance against the Stars. It was like <laughs> I, I I always felt like remember like the island there was like always that curse when the oh, Islanders yeah. were actually decent like yeah. for for a little while yeah and it's always I feel like they always played the Senators after the Rangers they would <laughs> the, you know it was like they were like one twenty six and four in games directly mm-hmm. after they played the Rangers and it was always a trip to to Ottawa where they they'd lose like see I always remember when from when the Islanders were were really bad. Uh, sort of that middle period, sort of the you know the sort of end of the Yashin period, maybe early Tavares, end of Tavares era, and it was always like that was the game everybody that was their Stanley Cup final was to play the Rangers. They got up for it, like you had more reporters in there than usual, and everybody got all hyped up for it. And the Islanders would come out like gangbusters, and it would be you know a good game whether they won or lost. They you know sometimes they win and they really put all that effort into it, and then like you said, they'd go play some no name team in the middle of nowhere, and then they just suck like they would just get their butt or like you know be that would be the time when like the oilers or the canucks or somebody would come into the at home and just dismantle the islanders and it's like well what are you gonna do it's the rangers curse it's like no it doesn't work that way it's stupid this <laughs> and it was, is stupid. It's, just play the it's, game it's also funny too because the the ranger games obviously would be more expensive and i remember in high school being like i'll just go to the game afterwards because uh, <laughs> it would be like four dollars to get into the coliseum if like i even had right. to pay it off someone wasn't like please take these tickets from me yeah, right. you know uh so yeah. that's 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 usually what i got dealt with uh well, yeah no that that got and that went on for a long time too that that curse that, yeah yeah i've been i haven't really heard it mentioned in a while so it must no. they must they must have kind of corrected it i yeah i think the the most you know now that we're just talking about the most memorable islander ranger game I mean, I was at a couple good ones, but the the one that sticks out more than anything, just because of what happened, was the Chris Simon Ryan Hallwig game. Oh wow! Yeah, I was at I was I remember just being at that game and being at the Coliseum, and obviously the Coliseum had the best sight lines ever, and you could see everything from everywhere, but nobody in the building knew what happened because the play was so far away, and all of a sudden, like the the Rangers were kind of rushing the puck up the ice. Ryan Hallwig was like in a heap. Chris Simon was kind of like woozily skating back and. Just all hell broke loose in the Coliseum because because <laughs> Ranger fans were like pissed, Islander fans like what happened, and then there, and and I'd never been so certain. The Islanders I think were winning at the time too, or they were tied, <laughs> and I was like, the Island, there's no way they're gonna win this game, and I'm gonna be pelted with things on my way out. <laughs> I remember the one, my most memorable Ranger game. You might remember this too. Was the infamous? Uh, it was at the Coliseum too. John Muckler, uh, Mike Milbury game where the Islanders were winning like six to two or something with like a minute. Of that. Oh, that, sorry. Excuse me. I let me rephrase that. The infamous Tommy Salo, Dan Cloutier. Yes. Yes. Brawl. <laughs> How could I possibly forget? But yeah, like the, the you know, the, the Islanders were up big and John Muckler thought that Mike Milbury was like kind of uh, showing him up because I think he put like the power play unit out there or something. And he sent his goons out there and then the goons ended up like trying to fight. Ziggy Palfi and Marius Tchaikovsky, and it was like, what are you doing? And then somehow poor Tommy Salo ended up on the other end of the ice against a, a literal psychotic lunatic in Dan Cloutier who had his <laughs> shirt off and his hair was going crazy, and he was like, I don't know who he thought he was fighting, but it was like poor Tommy was just there, you know, just to take attendance basically, and man, that was yeah. the wrong place and wrong I, time. I feel like Milberry probably gave him like a tongue lashing for not, you know, fighting better too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. He, really, he really like had it out for Tommy Salo. And I think I think I think also that my favorite game watching I wasn't at this game was the Victor Kozlov game. Oh yeah, scored, I remember that scored, one. Yeah. He scored four goals. Four goals. That I was, was texting insane. my friend. 
I think my friend was at that game, and I was at home watching it. I kept texting him every after every time, Victor, Victor! like with more capital letters and more exclamation points every time, Victor. Yeah, but that yeah, game that was, was a while. The Rangers almost came. I think Brandon Shanahan had a hat trick in that game too. Yeah. yeah, I think the Islanders were up like four nothing, and then Shanahan all of a sudden scored a hat trick. I was like, great, like this is gonna happen now. Uh, no, the Islanders won that game. I yeah, they did. I think yeah. I think they won seven four. I think Asham, Aaron Asham, and wow. Alexei Yashin also scored in that I, game. I was gonna say I remember an Alexei Yashin two goal game at the Garden too. I don't know if it was his first game at the Garden or maybe some other kind of important game where they were like trying to clinch the playoffs and he just went in there and he was he was just a dominant player like he was the best player on the ice and it didn't happen that often but he was just awesome. Yeah, there were there were those games with him where, you, like, I think I think he actually gets a little bit less credit than he deserves for because he wasn't like you said he wasn't like great every night, but he without him like that those teams would wouldn't wouldn't have made the playoffs like bar none. Like, I mean, yeah. sure they would have had Chara, but who knows? You know, I'm sure we would have ruined him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Yashin just had those games where you were just like, how can anybody yeah. stop this guy tonight? I mean, with Yashin, the problem was always the contract. Like that was always he 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 got paid too much money. That was it. He was a perfectly fine player that got paid way too much money, and uh, and I always yep. say like you know when they made that trade, um, the the Luongo Jokinen for Parish and Kavasha trade to me is way worse than the the Char trade. And, and by the way, if you haven't seen the uh, the video yet, I think uh, Dom may have had it uh, today somewhere. If you haven't seen the video on NHL Network of Mark Parish talking about how he learned of that trade and. Telling Brian Murray, who was the coach of the, uh, the the GM of the Panthers at the time, wow, that was a good trade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should definitely check it out because it's really funny. He tells the story way funnier than way better than I did. But um, you know, when the Islanders made that Yashin trade, you know, Jer- Zdeno Chara was not Zdeno. Nobody thought he was going to be like a Hall of Fame Stanley Cup champion captain of his own franchise. Like he was just a big lanky dude who took a lot of penalties. Uh, yeah, they gave up a first round pick. Or first overall pick, or whatever it was that right? No, it was like the third overall pick, I think. Uh, yeah, that would turn Spezza. out to be Spezza. Yeah. yeah, and Bill Muckalt, who was a throw-in, whatever. And you know, in Alexei Yashin, they had a guy who could like score goals. Like he was a number right. one center. They hadn't had that since Pierre Turgeon, so or Robert Reichel, I guess. But um, you know, that was I that that trade to me. I, you know, it obviously went incredibly poorly, and Chara turned out to be friggin' superhero, but, and so, you know, hindsight being what it is, but I mean, at the time I was, I was super Thrilled. jacked about that trade. Yeah, yeah, me too. I loved <laughs> it. I lo- especially that, and you know what, you make a good point. It was, it was the contract and it was also yeah. like the, ter- the, the time that the contracts really jumped the shark. I think like yeah. around that time, like A-Rod was getting paid like crazy yeah. money, of, you know, huge contract. The, like it was like the top three contracts in the NHL were like Mario Lemieux, uh, I don't even know who. I think maybe Peter Forsberg might have been up there. Maybe Joe Sackick or both of them. And Alexei Yashin. And it was like, <laughs> eh, you know, I, I mean, he's a nice player and everything, but he's not those guys. Like, yeah. Why is he making the same as like Mario Lemieux? That and doesn't I, make any sense. I, 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 I mean, this might, you know, I'd be true. I might have to I'll, I'll look it up and, and be right or wrong. But I feel like he didn't, you know, Yashin scored against the Rangers and he scored. He had goals in the pl- in playoff series. Like I, I, I never felt like he like was shirked like big games or whatever, like wasn't that, that kind of player. His first couple of playoff rounds were pretty, I think the first year he had like one goal or something in that. I guess the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't do very well, but uh, no, I mean, again, I just, you know, his his first year, he had like 40 goals that year. Like he was totally good. And then he got hurt. He got cut. Yeah. He had that weird. Yeah. That weird like wrist injury. 
and he was never quite the same after. And then the problem was, of course, then they compounded the contract problem by making him the captain after they right. traded Pekka. And right. nobody liked that. I mean, Rick DiPietro said as much. <laughs> nobody liked that he was the captain. So that was another problem, too. So, um, But, I mean, on the ice, he was – and according to Stan Fischler, he was a super nice guy. And according to everybody, he was a super nice guy, very intelligent. Yeah, no, I remember waiting yeah. – waiting, him and Miro Chatan after games, like we, you'd see like the line of cars leaving. And, and him and Miro Chatan would get out of their car and s- sign for everybody in like freezing cold weather <laughs> in this like random driveway where Brad Lukowicz once like told us like – yeah, like, you know, I, I only thing I remember is, like, there are some really bad areas around the Coliseum. Like, so nobody, none of the players go out. And we're like, yeah, yeah, Brad, it's it's not really that nice down here. <laughs> That's what we got to do a whole podcast on him. He was the guy, he was the one who, like, wanted to play for the Islanders, didn't he? Like, he yeah, was like, he yeah, was, he, was, he was like an Islander draft pick. And then he was like, this yeah. is full circle for me. This is a huge, huge deal. Yeah, he's like, I want to be the leader on this team, and they gave they slapped a, a letter on his sweater, and, and everyone was like, Yeah, this is Brad Lukowicz. I guess yeah. he's like, <laughs> he was like a they they kept like marketing him too as like a three times or two times Stanley Cup winner because he was right. on that that Stars team as a as a you know healthy scratch basically, and then <laughs> the light yeah, was the lightning he was like team. the sixth guy, yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, but <sighs> no, but yeah, he had I don't know if he had like grown up an Islanders fan or had a uncle or something who played for the Islanders or something like that. But yeah, he was a guy who, who really wanted to be here. And it's like, okay, that's odd. And then he was here for like a year and a half and then they got rid of him. Like he just was unceremoniously. Yeah. Yeah. They traded dumped. him to, to the devils and like the most, yeah. un, uh, like, not, I don't even think NHL.com reported the trade. They're like, yeah, no, what do you mean? Brett Luke, which got traded from the Islanders to the devils. He's been playing for the devils for years. And, and you know, that that's the perfect, I, I totally forgot they had traded him to the devils, but I, a, you're hundred percent right. And B, that is that was the like designated destination for Islanders that had a pedigree during that time. So like John Van Beesbrook or like Kevin Weeks, all those guys ended up with the Devils <laughs> at some point because they were going to go on these long runs, you know, and like they were, you know they were going to get a playoff run out of it. So of course John Van Beesbrook gets traded to the Devils. Like that's how it <laughs> has to work because you know you got to show this guy some respect and let's show him respect by trading to a good team that he can still drive to and still live on Long Island with his kids. And his wife, and, you know, so and Brad Luke, which is the same thing. He actually played for a long time with the Devils, actually. Now that I think about yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, yeah, so that's that's the schedule coming up. We'll talk about the, the games after that, that Ranger game at the Garden uh, when, when we talk next week. Um, let's see. Uh, you did mention that trade. There was a trade today. Carl Hagelin went from Pittsburgh to L.A. for Tanner Pearson. The trade was one for one, as Bob McKenzie put it. Um, a little bit less... Uh, is sizzling than uh, Taylor Hall for uh, Adam Larson. I-, I don't know. Two guys that have, like, they have a combined two goals this season. <laughs> Pearson has one goal, I think no assists or something, and Hagelin has a goal and two assists. Hagelin's fast. They say Pearson's fast. I don't know if any Kings are fast. I don't know how this, why they made this trade, but I know that anybody time, anytime anybody comes to the Penguins, he's yep. immediately a superstar now. So Yeah, that's yeah you can definitely put Tanner Pearson down for, like, 33 goals. Absolutely. Oh, he's going to be in the Calder Trophy. Not the Calder. The the Consmite. He's going yeah. to have two goals in their first playoff game. And Pierre Maguire is going to be like, "What about Consmite Trophy to winner Tanner Pearson right here, Doc?" <laughs> he's gonna. That's the way it's going to be. It's that's absolutely what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, so, it couldn't we'll be see. more obvious. Like I can see, I can see him in the. Jer- I don't even know what he looks like, but I can tell you what he looks like. He looks. <laughs> he looks like a Pittsburgh Penguin raising yeah. his arms up after scoring a goal. Yeah. He's going to wear that jersey. It's like the Yankees. They put the jersey on, and all of a sudden they, 
become a different person. Meanwhile, Carl Hagelin, he's going to play a little while in L.A., and he's going to start bouncing around. And before you know it, he's going to play for like 10 different teams. And <laughs> he's going to end up on Calgary for sure. He's going to yeah. end up in Boston. That's you know, in Florida at some point. Like I could just tell you right now. Yeah, he's he's, he, he's 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 going to do the rounds, and then he will be playing for like SC Lugano, Lugano or whatever <laughs> in Switzerland. And you'll be like, oh wow, yeah, they're, they're, that, that was an interesting yeah. career Carl Aglin had. He's gonna well, he's going to bounce around. He's going to sign with the Rangers for like a you know like a PTO. He's going to play a season for them. Then he's going to end up in this in the KHL or uh, yep. Swedish league or something like that. So yeah. That'll be a fun trip. So thanks, thanks for all the memories, Carl. We'll see. You later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was weird. Weird, weird to kind of see a trade go down, and it, and it went down on the day that they announced Jim Rutherford's <laughs> three-year extension. So yeah, if we, you didn't like the trade, good good news for you, Jim Rutherford's still your GM for three years. The picture they put up too was so funny. It was like, I, I like when players sign contracts extensions, you see them with the, like the pen pen of their hand signing the paper, or you know they're they're in their jersey or whatever, and teams tweet it out. Like now we're doing it for GMs. We got Jim Rutherford's <laughs> signing. A, he's the general manager. He's the guy who gives out the contracts and he's signing a contract. This is really yeah. strange. I've never seen that before. But yeah, I, I went to the Penguins website and I'm like, what the hell is that? Very weird. Yeah. But eh, yeah. I remember when Jim Rutherford was only supposed to be a temporary guy. Oh, he's he's old. He just came off the Carolina thing. He's only here temporarily. They're going to give the job to like Bill Guerin or Jason Botterill. One of these guys is all set to take over, and that's that was literally eight years ago, right? Or what? Not even. Yeah. No, it was something. It feels like that, but right. Two Stanley Cups, and you know, five years ago, and Jim Rutherford's now there for another three years. So, as I always say, these guys don't know anything. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> insiders they, they don't know anything. And now I, I this is sort of these are filtering into me because again I don't follow these people anymore. Thank God, but like. I'm starting to see, you know, you go, you log on to the athletic to read about the Islanders and it's like Pierre Lebrun says, these teams are in on William Nylander. These teams are not in on William Nylander. I can <laughs> promise you they, they're not all on William Nylander. Somebody might be, he'll probably just resign with the Leafs because that's how these things work out. But don't pay attention. Don't waste your time with this stuff. It's, it's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to burst anybody's, but if you want to read it, that's fine. But I promise you that that list is as arbitrary as, I will say that I want this Nylander thing to go on as long as possible. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. I'm, I'm hoping that LeVon Bell, uh, the Le'Veon Bell, has like inspired William Nylander to just sit out the whole season. I think yeah, that would me be too. Great. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, this uh, guy from uh, Pittsburgh did this? I'm going to do this too. Willie, get as many pennies as you can get, brother. Please. <laughs> yeah. Make, make it as hard as possible on these guys when, when it's time for uh, the other ones to have to, to, to go through this. And hopefully they, they follow suit. Yeah. I know. Uh, it'll be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I, I doubt he holds out the whole time, but I can tell you right now, he's not getting traded to the Islanders. And there's all these teams that are all set to trade defenseman X and prospect Y to for this guy are not gonna do that. Yeah, you know what? It, it, there's there's three ways this ends. There's three ways this ends. It's the most likely is he resigns with the Leafs. The second most likely is that the Rangers get him and he's amazing and they give up nothing for him. <laughs> and they, they end up both teams and there's a third team involved in this trade where both the Leafs and the Rangers like unload a contract on the Coyotes and they both come out <laughs> gangbusters. And, the, <laughs> and yeah. the third and the third outcome is that he ends up on the lightning somehow like and Steve Eiserman or makes it work. Yeah. So that's that's it. Well, it's Julian Brisebois now. So maybe Eiserman. Oh, that's be true. Pulling, that's pulling true. Strings from the. But no, I definitely the first two definitely. I mean, I got to say it's probably 80 percent. He just resigns with the Leafs. Fifteen percent, he ends up getting traded to the Rangers, and then I guess five percent, some some other completely yeah. wacky shit ends up happening. You know, so uh, 
I, I would rule out any other Atlantic Division teams, and uh, I would say he ends up uh, with San Jose. Sure, why not? Let's yeah, just say. Yeah. Let's just, <laughs> Speaking of Zealand, like Michael Nylander was a freaking Islander killer, man. That guy scored yeah. three times every time they played the Rangers. Him, <laughs> that 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 one line where it was him and Straka, and I can't even remember. It was I guess maybe Yager. It was like a rotating thing, but those yeah. two guys, man, they 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 killed me. That might be my favorite era of Rangers hockey when it was like the Czech boys. It was just like Yager and his bros. Yeah, it was Yager, was it. Pruka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, what was he got? Peter Peter Nedved was he was on that team, yeah, right? Ba- yeah, Marek like- Marek Marek Malik. Yeah, I think it was Czech. Like <laughs> it's like the Czech national team. It was yeah, great. Exactly. It was, I mean, it was it was great in that they you know they didn't do anything, so I can say it was great now. But it was just every time you turn around, the Rangers were acquiring a guy who clearly was just a buddy of Yarmir Yager's or yeah. somebody he just wanted to play with. Hey, that's fine. That's good for me. I I, I advocated the Islanders doing that for John Tavares, <laughs> just like yeah. anybody he, he grew up with. Hey, you know this guy from from juniors? Good, get him. Go go for it. It's fun. But I just I thought that was hilarious. And then, and then in a blink of an eye, they were all gone. Yeah, yeah. Once uh, Yager's out, that, that was like, yep, Roddick Dvorak's not on the Rangers anymore. Yeah, Roddick Dvorak was another one. There was another guy too. Who was some? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was Dvorak. Oh, um, oh man, Jan Herkis or something was it? There was another. There was oh Jan yeah, Halavik. No, that Jan Halavik. Yeah. That was the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they had all these random man check guys. Anyway, that was always the only guy they didn't have was Dominic Hasek, who I guess they could have probably used, but. Yeah, that was that was pre Lundquist, wasn't it? Or that was early. Yeah, it was like it was like early Lundquist when it was Kevin. Kevin Weeks was, oh man, I, I'll never forget that game when Lundquist like came on the scene against the Islanders. DiPietro <laughs> was wearing his stupid like brown pads. Do you remember oh, those? Right. Yeah, I do. he I went, like he those went, pads. <laughs> yeah, oh, it pissed me off just because it was like looking back on it and like how my my viewpoint on Rick has soured, but he had those orange pads, which I loved. I loved yeah. like the bright orange pads. And then he went for those like weird Brown ones. I'm like, what are you doing? Go back to the orange ones. Yeah. I like those Brown ones. They were like old school, like Billy. Yeah. Sousa. But, but they were like old, but a weird color. They were like, yeah, they weren't, true. they weren't Brown. They were like yellow vomit, yellowish, like the predators. <laughs> they were like mustard yellow with the predators jerseys. They're like, they're like hipster old. So like it's yes, meant to be right. old, but yeah. it's obviously brand new. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think that the the moral of the story is that we we both remember far too many games featuring the New York Rangers, which is really really irritates me. Yeah, I just I don't want it to be that way. I, I've been <laughs> trying to ignore these guys my entire life, and it just can't be done. Uh, okay, a um, couple of things I want to get to uh, real quick. I, I I opened the show with it. I've been trying to think of a cool way to do it. I really couldn't. Um, but uh, you know, I just want to say rest in peace to Stan Lee, who who passed away uh, this week. You know, you don't have to be a huge comic book guy to obviously know who he is and, and what he did. Uh, I can honestly say uh, this is a sports podcast, but I definitely would not be here if it wasn't for the work of Stan Lee. I grew up reading a lot of comics, kind of made me want to be a creative person. My two favorite people who wrote comics, Stan Lee and Larry Hama, who was the guy who was behind G.I. Joe, another Marvel comic. And uh, I don't know, just, you know, there was, there's been a lot of eulogies. There was a good one on Vulture. Uh, and I can't remember the guy who wrote it now, but uh, it wasn't the one by Peter David. It was the other one. And uh, it brought up a good point. Like, yeah, Stan took probably too much credit from people that he worked with uh, and didn't give them enough credit during the early days. But he also gave the world so much uh, that, you know what, and in, the, in, the end of, in the end of the day, it probably all balances things out. And now we're going to have these movies for the rest of our lives. We're all going to see three times a year, too. And, and he'll be in the, the cameos. And I'm sure he'll his picture will be in the back if you saw Deadpool 2. His cameo was as like graffiti on a wall somewhere. His face was painted there. So they'll keep working standing there. But uh, thanks, Stan, for everything. Uh, and rest in peace. Hopefully you have a, 
a lot of time to create more characters up uh, where you are. That's number one. Number two, uh, I just want to give uh, a shout out to a listener named Frankie Menken. Uh, Frankie is an Islanders fan uh, down in the Carolinas. He has uh, uh, resisted the uh, siren call of the Hurricanes, although I guess that's not a siren call that a lot of people kind of succumb to, but uh, he's still keeping strong uh, as an Islanders fan down there. He's a loyal listener. And uh, I found out this week um, that he's a listener. His dad grew up uh, or lived in the house uh, across the street from where I grew up in Seaford. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Frankie. Thanks for listening. Thanks for keeping the faith down there. Say hi to your dad for me. <laughs> um, uh, I knew his grandparents really well. Uh, they were uh, His grandfather was a, a friend of my dad's, and they were always like working on projects and stuff together. Grandparents always bought stuff for me whenever I was selling it for like fundraisers for like the Boy Scouts or the school band. They always bought stuff for me. I always appreciated that. And his dad, his grandfather was a, a pilot in World War II, which is pretty oh. badass. Like, yeah, right? Like, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> so I just thought that was, that was pretty awesome. So it's, a again, beautiful, it's a beautiful Long Island lineage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Seaford. Uh, yeah. That's Seaford, where my, my, yeah. my grandparents, my grandparents lived in Seaford. Where? Arlington Drive. Arlington Drive, like, um, basically. Right, but you know we're kind of in between Siemens and X Road, mm. and uh, the Parkway, uh, oh. Center State. Oh, I think I know yes. what you're talking about. Uh, so so yeah. wait, there's a Seven Eleven there, right? Like on the corner, there's, right on Jerusalem uh, Avenue, Siemens Neck Road. Yeah, there's yeah, it's close. It's it's close to the Parkway than Siemens Neck yeah. Road. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know where there's a reptile store. D, there was D and J's and like Leslie Pool store. Oh yeah, yeah, like I know you, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, like kind of by there, but yeah. <laughs> I got that, you. That's it. Yeah, Arlington Drive. I, that sounded familiar, but yeah, no, I know. Yeah, Leslie Pool stores. I know what you're talking about. So yeah, Seaford is is a is a very small but a very big place. Like it just ends up being like a sprawling. You know, the, those places all kind of where I live now is sort of like the same thing. Like they they blend together. So yeah, C, Seaford, I, Levittown, Wanta, Massapequa. You're kind of never sure what town you're in, depending on where you're at or what side of the street you're on. It's it's funny too. I think people always get on Long Island town names like Massapequa, like Ronkonkoma, Massapequa. I'm like Seaford sounds like a very Long Island yeah town name. founded by the like Dutch. Seaford. <laughs> yeah, founded by the Dutch in the uh, 1700s. I think it was 1620 something. I want to say 1624. I might be wrong. There's a sign. If you pass the sign, you see what's what year Seaford was established. Please let us know in the comments. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was definitely 16 something. <laughs> it's a long time ago. But anyway, we got a we got this is all meant to be a shout out to Frankie. Thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate it. Hope you're you're enjoying this. Um, let's see. Anything else? I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I got nothing yeah. else. I, I was actually I was in. I drove through Seaford a couple of weeks ago because I went to All American one night. Oh, my favorite, my favorite place ever. Love it. Yeah, All American and Zorns. Yeah. You had Zorns a couple of weeks ago. I, I think that's actually why I got All American because you had said that you were going to Zorns, <laughs> and I was like, well, I gotta get All American now. All American. I my Saturdays for a long time. All American, and then back to my friend Andy's house for uh, either some TV. Uh, either to the, go to movies or to play Star Wars, the role-playing game, the tabletop sort of pen and paper role-playing game. Lived a very exciting life, I could tell you, as a teenager. All-American and uh, tabletop role-playing games, but or just to play video games. But yeah, All-American. So uh, I ate there all the time. And my wife is from Brooklyn, and her All-American is this place, Roland Roaster. Roland Roaster, yeah. You know Roland Roaster? I know Roaster? Roland Roaster. Oh, man. Of course, yeah. My friend George from Bay Ridge, man. Yeah, oh, we lived he, in Bay Ridge, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> they, he, they, when I, when I talk all American, he talks rolling roaster. That's, that's and thing, I've, yeah. I've been to both. I And it's hard to, it's really hard. I mean, I love them both. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was her thing. And she was telling me about, it. I'm like, Oh yeah, we'll go. And Oh man, the, I could eat those roast beef sandwiches for days. I just, and I don't want the cheese because I feel like the cheese kind of takes away from, it, but she loves that sort of nuclear yellow cheese sauce. <laughs> um, but, uh, and my daughter has eaten it both too, because uh, we had to do that, but that was, I don't know what she, <laughs> I liked all, I like all American better, a little bit better, but both of them are really, really good. And actually um, I might be going out to Long Island again soon. Uh, well, it's the holidays. So I got to end up out there, but uh, the next place I definitely want to go back to is Phil's pizza, which is in Seaford. Really, really good pizza. Uh, they don't deliver, which tells you how good that pizza is because for them to have been in business now for like 40 years without delivering, tells you that the pizza is really good because you got to get out there and go get it. And my friend just had it and I was like, I'm going to have Phil's next time I'm out there. So there you go. <laughs> so you could do a, I, I, I've always, I think, the, I think the crown all Americans orange, like bang, bang, like what on that show, Louie, when Louie and his friend went to like an Indian food place and then the diner and they were like, Oh yeah, we did a bang, bang. My big plan this weekend will be wow. doing a, a Zorn's all American bang, oh bang. God. You see, see, this is the, the you need to, you need to appreciate being a young man with a young man's body because if I had oh no, it's gonna be it's, it's not, gonna, go, it's not say, gonna end well. Yeah, no, I would be I'd be in a hospital like I would, they would put me away. But if I told you <laughs> things, we used to go to McDonald's. Now we're really off on a weird thing, but we used to go to McDonald's on on Wanto Avenue over there, and we used to get me and my three friends. We would all get the same thing. We'd get twenty piece McNuggets, large fries, large drink, and then like two cheeseburgers or and a Whopper, and we would eat all of it. How the hell? Did I eat 20 McNuggets plus a cheeseburger, plus two cheeseburgers, plus a drink, plus fries? That's crazy. And then we yeah, go to Carvel you just, afterwards. You just don't understand. Like oh what? You, and you, there's just like one day in your life where that just becomes not – you yeah. pay for it basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I mean I'm there. I mean I, like just, just if I go – I went to All-American, I, I, my usual order, I get like a, a double quarter pounder and either one or two double doubles depending on how I'm feeling. <laughs> Yeah. Fries, maybe a shake. If you know, if I don't get a double double, the second double double, I get a vanilla shake. Yeah. And no matter what it is, no matter what it is, it's it it's um, my heart. I feel like my heart is beating through my chest. <laughs> and you know, eight minutes later. And the beauty of that meal that you just described, two double doubles, shake, you know, maybe fries or onion rings or something like that. The beauty of that whole place is that meal will cost you six dollars. Like, yeah. It's almost impossible to spend more than seven dollars on any meal at All American. The and the 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 best part of All American, out on this on our side of the window where we're ordering is because of like the way that it is. It's like that lobby. Nobody knows if you've ordered yet or not. Somebody always gets mad because they get cut like online, <laughs> and, and you just hear like you know a long like a, a like a salt of the earth Long Islander saying like, "Hey, it's, oh. it's my turn." Oh, I'm here. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> that place. It is. Ne- and I mean, it, what's funny about that place, though, is you can tell exactly when to not go because you see people standing outside, like the doors are open yep. and the line is out, and you're just like, eh, I think I'm going to go someplace yeah, the, else. The Massapequa Little League and Seaford <laughs> Little League game just ended it all at the same time. Yeah, right. So you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to make a U turn and go someplace else. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, wow. That's, that's a little tour I didn't expect. That's pretty cool. See? <laughs> See what one shout out does? It's awesome. I, I did remember the one thing, one other thing I wanted to bring up. So I started this season doing like movie reviews because I didn't think <laughs> the Islanders games were going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, obviously, I've been wrong. So I wanted to add something else. So I got here, I got an idea for your moment of trots. So I think we should always end every episode with a moment of trots, some wise words of wisdom from the coach, from his like post game 
uh, scrum or, you know, some kind of quote from a newspaper or whatever. And so we talked about it before, but I think the first one is important. It's uh, when Jordan Everett really missed that assignment or, and, you know, kind of led to that game-winning goal. Trot said, that's why the details matter. So there you go. That's your moment of trots. Just remember, that's why the that's details beautiful. matter. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Gotta try and remember to do this now because I totally forgot about the, the movie thing. But yeah, so that's why the details see, that's why the details matter, because I totally forgot about it. Uh okay. Um tell everybody your your Twitter account again so they can follow you there. It's uh the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. Go there and see Nikolai Kuhlman's hat trick. You definitely won't regret it. <laughs> You'll definitely enjoy his non-reaction <laughs> to scoring three goals in like five minutes. It's pretty cool. Uh, you should read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You should leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks again, Frankie Mankin, for listening to us. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to us and downloading us. Thank you to Noel and Dan for posting uh, uh, Isles Buzz this week. After you listen to us, listen to them if you didn't already, or listen to them first, then listen to us. They go together. It's great to have those guys <laughs> posting. It's tough sometimes with the schedules, but uh, I'm glad they're back. And uh, we got you got two podcasts in the same day. How awesome is that? Plus a Rangers game. So there you go. All right. Thanks plus a lot. Rangers game. What's that? I said plus a Rangers game. Yeah, plus plus a Rangers game that also features the New York Islanders. So <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about it. Uh, so thanks a lot, and we will talk to you sometime next week. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Yeah, here comes the Spider-Man. This is strong, this is bold, it's got radio.